Hey, I hope you can hear this. I don't know, there's, if you hear anything in the background, it's just my water boiler because uh, I drink tea like no one's business. <laughs> um, and I just thought that while I do my Animal Crossing dailies, which is basically like water stuff and say hi to neighbors. I don't know if you can hear them. <laughs> um, to make sure that my favorite neighbors won't move, <laughs> stuff like that. I thought I would do like a pick-me-up, a Wednesday pick-me-up, and give you guys a brief history lesson um, about Hokkaido. So, um, if you didn't know, oh my god, I picked a flower. I hate it when I pick a flower. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Hold on. Um, so, you know, during the period after um, World War II, you know, a lot of Japanese people had to resituate in the aftermath of life. I mean, honestly, the Japanese government doesn't really like to face the atrocities they did to other countries um, at all. And it can you can very much tell it through um, how the public views any perception beyond their own perception of what happened to other countries like Korea and China what they did to them it's kind of sad but anyways besides that okay so if you want to like a history lesson so a lot of Japanese people when they were fighting for the war or when they got displaced right um, they would be placed in different countries like um, my friend who I heard this mostly from you know he was actually born in Taiwan but the thing is, Taiwan was still Japan at that time because Japan owned it. You know, like it took it over in you know, World War II. So, and um, at the time, his father was a uh, police officer. So that's what happened. But the thing that, like, I think um, why this are probably attributes to the Japanese diaspora as well is that. Um, after World War II ended, um, Japan was very like bimbo. That is actually the word for poor, you know, they were very, very poor. And um, so the government, or whatever remained of it, you know, um, basically told the people that they, you know, because initially all these Japanese people that were put in these different countries, like you're fighting for us, you live, you have to live there now, you have to stay there now, we support you there. But then when the war was over, they were like, you can come back if you want to, but we're not going to help you come back. If you want to come back, you have to find a way to come back and you have to pay for it yourself. And I think um, from what I heard from my friend, a lot of Japanese people were very bitter about that and had very bitter feelings about the government because of that. Um, I think that's also attributes to why his father, even though his father was a police officer um, back in Taiwan, for the but not for Taiwan, it was Japan at the time. Um, like when he came, when his family came back to Hokkaido, um, basically he didn't want to be a police officer anymore. So he wasn't because he didn't want to work for the government anymore, especially because he didn't he felt like the government like turned it, their backs on them. Um, you know, I mean, it makes sense um, why they the person would have that kind of feeling. 
especially because um, the trip back was not easy. <laughs> um, when I hear the story every time, like they could only move the ship at night. <laughs> um, anyways, so besides that, so then during this period that a lot of Japanese people that didn't have to really do much with the war, even they just had to survive it most of the times. Um, so just like ordinary people, they very poor as the government as was too. And the thing is, like Japan really loves to eat rice, but every country does really, to be honest. In my opinion, I think Korea likes to eat more rice more than any country. <laughs> In my opinion, Ooh, I have a balloon. I have a balloon. Oh, the thing is, my island is like run amok with flowers. Like when a balloon falls, man, I have to find a location where there's not a flower, <laughs> or else you know. Because if you um, hit a balloon, okay, this is only for people who play Animal Crossing, but if you hit a balloon and there's a flower underneath, it'll just disappear. The present will disappear. Okay, now we're going back to the story for anyone who didn't care about that. Um, the story is that so like because everyone was so poor and, you know, a lot of country and a lot of Japan mostly, um, of course, like, oh my God, am I hitting this balloon? Oh God, I think it just disappeared. Yeah, that, that yeah. Okay, anyways. <laughs> this is sad. I knew that was going to happen too. They just have too many flowers. Can't handle it. Okay. And um, what was I saying? What was I saying? Oh yeah, because Japan really likes rice. Really white rice, to be honest. Although, historically, they eat, you know, apparently in the past, they eat more of like black rice. But... Obviously, a lot of people like white rice. My father is the same. I'm like, I like to eat brown rice more than, but I don't like to eat rice at all usually because I kind of got sick of it growing up because you had to eat it every day. But um, I don't know why I didn't like it. <laughs> but anyways, I like brown rice more than, but my dad, who's, you know, about 70, I'm like, you know, white rice isn't good for you. I told him that once. Um, well, my mom was also on that kind of thing. My dad's like, you know what? If I'm going to be old, I might as well do what I want and I'll die eating white rice. Kind of thing, he said. <laughs> Anyways, so um, in this period after the war, um, this is depending on the location in um, Japan that you were in. But specifically in Hokkaido, what they didn't have rice. They couldn't have, they didn't have rice. So, oh my gosh, sure, the sleeping outside. Um, um, I'm sorry, I woke you up. Um, um, what was I saying? I'm getting distracted. So then in Hokkaido specifically, they only, they ate, um, pumpkin for, instead of rice. So every single meal had pumpkin to the degree. And this is, I was like, is this a joke? And he's like, no, it's not a joke. Um, they would eat so much pumpkin, um, that it felt like, it looks like it, their hands were like, orange yellow i'm like wait are you not using chopsticks or you're not holding it with your hands um but the thing is um with they were really just like eating that much they weren't holding it with their hands um and so this was around 19 like like the late 1940s um around 1945 or 40 eight or something 49 i mean 48 and um 
my my friend at this time was around like in third or second grade he remembers and it was really hard and the thing is like i think this is a really interesting story because a lot of japan really wanted to eat rice but they could not and um like in honshu or the main island you know they would not necessarily eat um some of them would eat pumpkin depends on the place but like i think when i asked my other friend about this or i was talking to my other friend about this she was saying like i think people in tokyo also ate like beans instead of rice you know when they could when they didn't have rice at this time but her father who also grew up in hokkaido during this time like when i was telling her this story or like hit on my friend's experience this other friend was saying that her father in fact cannot even look at pumpkins to this day he hates looking at pumpkins it is to that degree of how much he's sick of it um so i was like i thought that was really funny but sad but at the same time just funny that the fact that they could get so sick of pumpkin that even now there's just such bad feelings associated to it that they cannot even look at it i thought it was kind of funny and sad of course but yeah and then um so basically you know the country was pretty poor to the degree that you know kids going to school at this time and my friend at this time was um a third or grader or so um they were be kids um at school that didn't have a lunch like you had to bring your own lunch and they didn't bring a lunch the ones that sometimes the ones the kids that were kids of farmers were able to have some like white rice and bring their own lunch but um but most of the times they would be kids that couldn't bring a lunch and so they didn't even sit down in the classroom they would just go outside to play because they didn't have lunch they didn't have food to eat um and it was really sad and he told me a, a story about one of his third grade or second grade teacher had um like to the degree she was so troubled by it that she would um you know portion out for kids that didn't have that didn't bring lunch like some food that she would bring it and I'd ask him like what was it and he told me it was you know be emo like potatoes and of course pumpkin it wasn't rice <laughs> but you know I was like were they I was wondering like would kids really be okay with that but it makes sense because then my friends like well they didn't have anything to eat so yeah anything was better than nothing i was like that's pretty sad but true and this was before like in elementary schools up until middle school so like elementary and middle schools now in japan for public schools especially um they have a thing called kyushoku so it is a lunch that is provided that you pay for obviously it's everyone gets the same lunch you don't get to bring your bento here and um um and uh so but before that they you know that was around the 1950s that that first even um started that kyushoku program that program to give children lunch after paying fee but actually during this time period it was free like everyone could get it um kyushoku but um before that they you had to bring your own bento and a lot of kids didn't have that and 
So he told me that there would be a real situation, like it would be a real problem, like a real problem in like third, especially during his third grade and second grade years before this program that there'd be bento durables. So like, like lunch robbers. <laughs> and basically these kids, you know, the kids that brought their bentos would be usually kids of farmers, you know, rice farmers, because then they had the ability to have rice and have a lunch. And um, basically they, they would, they would cry and be like, someone's, Someone ate half of my lunch. Like, literally, someone would eat half of their lunch and then, like, leave, and then the kid would come back or something. I don't know, but, like, it would... There Apparently, it happened... It was, like, very prevalent. prevalent. Even though it sounds funny, but it's really sad at the same time because, you know, everyone was so... There was still, like... Even if they were children of farmers, it wasn't like everyone really had that much fruit to begin with. So, it's, like, the t- teacher was also troubled by that. I think that's one, also one of the reasons why the teacher made food. For the kids because of those situations but it was kind of funny hearing about bento dodobos and how they would only eat half someone's lunch i'm like i was like oh my god they must have felt just like half guilty so they left that half <laughs> and we had a good laugh about it um so that situation happened back then and yeah that's pretty much it and uh like during this time period as well, especially before um, there was this lunch program, although the lunch program compared to now and then is was completely different in the 1950s to now, right? But obviously now people pay for it. People have to pay for it. Um, whereas it was free before. Um, like before that period, there were still like soldiers, occupying soldiers. I think they were like, they were white is what my friend, my friend said, but I don't know what country specifically they were from. They were probably from America, let's be real, or England or something. Um, when they came through the town, because they would still be occupying Sapporo at this time. And then when they came through the town, like the kids would just like crowd around them and you just see these kids like chewing, chewing because um apparently um they would always be able to be given like chewing gum by the by the soldiers and the children would come around and the one thing they really really wanted though was that like they sometimes they would also get chocolate from the soldiers. So um yeah, apparently the soldiers are pretty nice to the children, you know, usually always giving um chewing gum and chocolate so i mean honestly that's very little but but it it was nice to them probably it was very very um something grateful for them at the time it's really strange okay well anyways hold on i think my battery for my switch is low but that's the end of the story i hope you enjoyed it and um uh, yeah this is the wednesday pick me up picking it up i hope you enjoyed it you know follow and share share for you know if you've never heard this before and you think so much else should uh support this podcast somehow well then again it's just it's again just my hobby but i'm really tempted i'm oh, man am i gonna sell out and go on youtube i might really honestly do it for the views <laughs> okay anyways but as always thanks for listening